Welcome to the Connecting Mind and Spirit podcast, a podcast devoted to helping you understand and apply the teachings of A Course in Miracles. I am your host, Fiona Williams, author of the newly released book, Awakening Your Right Mind, Healing from Fear and Following Spirit with A Course in Miracles. The benefits of A Course in Miracles are experienced through application of its right-minded principles. Throughout this podcast series, I will explain specific topics and teachings from A Course in Miracles and guide you through meditative exercises, which will help you apply the teachings to your life. Thank you for being here and let's get started. Okay, hello everyone, and thank you for joining in today's book club, where we are continuing with chapter two, our discussion of the right mind. And we finished off last book club where I just reviewed some of the miracle principles that help us understand essentially how the miracle works. Um, and what it does is the miracle brings our focus above the bodily level, above the physical level. So we don't look to this world for what is true. We have to turn within and go to our right mind. And that is where the truth is going to come from, right? So just wanted to highlight that before we delve right in. So I'm continuing on page 63. And of course, everyone knows if they have anything they'd like to share, just throw your hand up. <laughs> okay, and so on page 63, I start by saying, when we ask our higher self or the Holy Spirit for help, we are asking to forget the ego and not to use the ego's sayings or dictates as validation of what is true. So it's important for us to remember that when we are willing to turn to our right mind and use the Holy Spirit and ask for help, that does require us being open to let go of our ego judgments and what we think is right or true. Because of course, we're gonna feel validated in our pain, in our suffering, right? That's the experience. But if we can just gently step aside, if even for a moment, to just make some room for the Holy Spirit to come on in, that's where the miracle is going to start to happen. And so, you know, we just kind of want to be willing to be wrong, you know, and I, I did share in a book club, not last one, the one before, where, you know, I love to be wrong, you know, where I see that my ego has set up a situation, I perceived it, of course, it makes me the victim and everyone else wrong, or whatever it might be. And then I end up being wrong. And I love it because, you know, that was just the ego trying to maintain conflict. But I like it that we can step aside and when the Holy Spirit swoops in, everything is done with equal love for everyone involved. And I absolutely love that that's what the Holy Spirit does. So if we're ever concerned about other people or how a situation is going to play out or, you know, are we worried that, you know, if we're the ones who invite HS in, what about the other people? You can trust that because the Holy Spirit is in their mind too. Remember, there really is only one mind that everything's being done with equal love for everyone involved, because we're not aware of the other people's stories and their aspects. So we just really want to be really open and step aside with our ego, ego agenda and just let some love flow through <laughs> and some non-judgment. 
So that's just something important for us to recognize. And I do share in that section that in lesson 313 of the course, we are guided to claim a new way of perceiving where that lesson is now let a new perception come to me. And isn't that a beautiful thing to start to practice, especially when you're feeling challenged, right? If we can start to really get a grasp that when we're feeling challenged, that that's really our perception of the situation. That is our unconscious guilt is being triggered somehow. And that's why we're feeling so challenged by it. And all that's doing is just going, look, you can heal this. This doesn't need to stay as intense as it is. This can situation, this relationship can start to heal. And that's going to come by you inviting a new and healthy perception of the situation. And of course, that does take some commitment. It does take practice for us to get there, but it is worth starting to practice this as we go about our day. Okay, it's just you know, now let a new perception come to me. I am wrong with my ego agenda. I'm wrong about that. And that's okay. So I let something new come to me. And personally, I find that really relieving that a new perception can come to me. Um, so again, that's lesson 313, if you're interested. Um, and so as I was saying, we want to be willing to be wrong about our judgments. And what I want to point out here is that, yes, of course, we have our benign judgments like, yes, I'm going to have a cup of coffee. This is what I'm going to wear today. I'm going to go to the store. There's those judgments that just aren't problematic. But what we want to recognize is that in the course is we're taught that fear is the one that judges the right mind, the Holy Spirit, that's forgiveness. But the function of the ego mind is judgment. So those negative judgments is what I'm really speaking to. So when you catch yourself judging, just know that that's how fear literally functions. Okay, so if you're recognizing that you're in a more fearful state, you're in a more heightened state, that's because you're allowing a lot, you're allowing yourself to believe in these fear thoughts that are streaming in, you're allowing yourself to judge fearfully, and that just will only perpetuate conflict in your own mind. So if fear judges, and love forgives, then of course, we want to bring it back to love where love overlooks, right, because this world isn't reality, it merely overlooks and forgives what never happened. Okay, <laughs> so I always like to make the distinction of, um, you know, and that's an actual course lesson, right, that fear judges, love forgives. Okay, so on page 64, I get into the section on the classroom. And I started this section with the course quote from uh, the text, chapter 15, where it says, can you imagine what it means to have no cares, no worries, no anxieties, but merely to be perfectly calm and quiet all the time. Yet that is what time is for, to learn just that and nothing more. Okay, so that is the purpose of time, is for us to forgive, is for us to heal. So all things that show up in the realm of time, and if we find ourselves reacting to them, that is for our forgiveness. So when we wake up and recognize this world as a classroom, right, then I personally feel that that helps take the sting out of if we feel we've done something wrong. Because if we feel like we failed, 
or maybe we beat ourselves up because we didn't fully stick to the course or whatever it might be. I think when you recognize you're in a classroom, you're easier on yourself to just go, look, I'm unlearning the ego and I'm learning right-mindedness. I'm a student in this classroom and students often make mistakes, right? That's, that's part of how we learn and it's okay. So I just wanted to you know, point that out that personally for me, I notice the sting gets taken out of, you know, if I recognize I've made a mistake to just go, okay, this is a classroom and Fiona, you're allowed to make mistakes. Now, one of the things I wanted to point out is that the ego uses the term sin. And even when you get into the entomology of sin, way back when sin is aligned with guilt, that's where the word comes from. So when we have this belief of sin or that we feel we're so guilty or that someone else is guilty and we use that term sin, we're really activating in our psyche that guilt. And as I shared um, when we talked about the cycle of fear, when you have a guilt thought, a fear thought, and then you start to project it out and then you see other people as guilty and then those people in your mind have to be condemned and punished because they're sinful and that just continues the cycle of fear and so that's what sin does that's the cornerstone of the ego's thought system is that it wants to maintain the idea that you are guilty that other people are guilty and it does that to perpetuate that idea of condemnation and chaos and conflict in your mind. And when we look at it that way, there's no relief, no relief whatsoever. And then when we look at it differently, when we look at it, because the Holy Spirit's like, look, there is no sin. You're innocent. You made a mistake. And the beauty of mistakes is that mistakes can be corrected. So remember that miracles are natural. Healing is natural. And so if healing is natural, it's because mistakes can be corrected. And that's where right-mindedness comes in. That's the correction. Okay. So when you correct a mistake, you hop off that cycle of karma. You hop off that cycle of fear by stopping at some point and just correcting through true forgiveness. And I think that's so beautiful because it's so easy for us to feel stuck in the ego's thought system, right? We can look around, especially if we have, um, you know, a few months of heightened trial, it can feel very easy. Or maybe if you have like a nagging physical issue or something else or psychological issue, you know, it can really feel like the ego is just nagging and just going on and on and that you get dismayed because you think there's no way out. And, you know, even with me, with the PTSD, I mean, it's going on five years, right? And it's, it, it had its levels, its peaks and its valleys. Um, and now I'm finally, you know, really getting out of it. And I'm very, very grateful for that. But five years, you know, and throughout that time, you know, I had to be vigilant for right-mindedness to take extra care of myself and to make sure I wasn't investing in conflict and stress. Um, and so what I really started to remind myself when I would get dismayed, because like on and on this is going on, is that look, Fiona, healing is natural. You can start to hop off this cycle of fear. Okay, remember that you're not stuck in this because mistakes can be corrected and healing is natural. So how does that sound? 
<laughs> yeah, good stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, so just something important for us to remember that the idea of sin is a very unhelpful idea, and it, and it really does poison your own psyche. Okay, so I really encourage you to just go, okay, that was a mistake that I made, or that was a mistake another person made, no matter how severe, that's still a mistake that's worthy of correction. Okay, and it's worthy of correction, because God's will for you is stronger than the ego's will. So we want to align with God's will, which is always forgiveness, love, going back home. Yeah, I had an, an insight about, I read you one of your cards today, and it was the card about, you know, love created me. And lately, mm -hmm. I've been saying to, you know, if someone asks me about God, or if I want to tell someone, and I will say the, I have been saying just that, that um, there is a create, uh, there is a, uh, an entity that created love mm -hmm. and that is what cre created all of us it is this it is the source of love and i you know without using the word god right because yeah. some people will i say look there is god but it, i'm not referring to the biblical god no. i'm referring to the creator of all love mm -hmm. Yes. Because uh, that's ultimately that's the absolute. Yes. That that's the zero point. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So if we are all uh, uh connected with the uh entity that created love, then by extension we are all love. Yeah. And everything else is false. Yeah. It just makes perfect logical sense yeah yeah you know yes absolutely yeah and even i shared that um in the email that i sent out today i sent out a little um meme that i created which just says you are worthy of god's love because you are god's love sometimes get away from using the word god because people yeah. you know, automatically default to yeah. the biblical God. So I always put a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> I refer to God. It's not the biblical God. Yeah. It's the God. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, to make that clear. Yeah, totally. And that's where, you know, I'll use the term source sometimes in place yes. of God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Source of all love. Yeah. Source of all love. Exactly. It, yes. 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 I <laughs> Excellent point. The disclaimer before you use the word God. Yeah, the disclaimer, yeah. Hold on now. Yeah, totally, totally. I'm the one that wants blood sacrifices of kids. Yeah, that's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so within um, the chapter of the classroom, I do share the story about my nephew Jude and um, his diagnosis of leukemia. And when Jude got that diagnosis, it really, of course, shook our family. I mean, he was only three years old. And as I share in the book, you could tell my dad was quite shook about it. And my dad was just like, you know, what is the purpose of life? Like, he just felt like he couldn't get ahead in life, you know, and this is a man who was brought up in the troubles in Northern Ireland. So you can imagine that this was just one more thing that he just was like, this is all there is. He, he really you know, and understandably, but he couldn't see any purpose in it. But in the privacy of my own mind, 
as a course student, I was able to align with the truth that um, Jude is my teacher. And yes, he got diagnosed with leukemia. And it is my time to see the truth in Jude. That will be the most loving thing that this aunt can do. And I was really, really vigilant for it. And of course, I had all the other emotions of concern and worry. Um, but, you know, I really just aligned with that for him and the privacy of my own mind. And I can again tell you that it took the sting out of the situation, because as I share in the book, if I went the ego's route, I would miss the lesson completely. But if I took the Holy Spirit's hand, I was going to heal. And my beautiful nephew would be one of my many teachers in this life. And surely he is. He absolutely is. And he's, you know, he made it through and we're very, very grateful. But it is true. If you go the ego's route, you're going to miss the lesson. You know, and that's not something to feel guilty for, but it's something to realize. And so you want to go, okay, well, if this if I keep reacting to this, then I'm getting a red flag. Or if this keeps happening, I'm getting a red flag that this needs to heal. And you can trust that what comes up is, is ready for your forgiveness. That's why it's shown up, right? Because even Eckhart Tolle teaches, you know, how can you tell if it's your lesson? Well, you're experiencing it. <laughs> That's how you can tell. And it's not your forever. It's really, really not your forever. It's just a moment in time. And that is what time is for. We're even taught in the course that our purpose here, our role here is to accept the atonement. So everything that starts that you recognize you're reacting to fearfully, you are able to replace it with the atonement. You can start to create that vigilance within yourself. And that no, then when something stronger comes along, like a diagnosis or whatever it might be, you might feel stronger and you know more conviction, have more conviction to choose for your right mind and to apply the atonement. And of course, this is done in the sanctity of your own mind. No one needs to know you're doing this. Right. It, and that's the beautiful thing I think about the course is it doesn't proselytize. It's a very private thing. And your relationship with the Holy Spirit is very private. It's yours. Right. It's yours. And, and again, because the Holy Spirit speaks to us all differently and it, it acknowledges e what each and every one of us are going through and how we perceive. So it, it's your relationship to develop and strengthen. It's yours to use. Because the Holy Spirit's just standing there going, I'm here. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> and of course, it's in you in a very literal way, as we're taught in the course, right? And what I do like to point out is that with the ego, there's always a you and a me, right? There's always that separation. But what the course is inviting us to see is that unity is healing. And because the Holy Spirit is your higher self, then there's no separation whatsoever, there's that unity again, that this is part of what I truly am. So of course I can connect to it. It's actually very natural for me to connect to it. Okay. Because that there is no separation. The Holy spirit is there. It's part of me. So you're very welcome to turn to it. So I carry on on page 65 with a beautiful Kenneth Wapnick course from his book, ending our resistance to love. And he says, when you wake in the morning, realize that you are in a class to unlearn what your ego has taught you. 
Okay, so I guess that, that would be an easy way of saying that we're starting the day with some willingness. <laughs> some willingness to let our ego perception be undone, right? And we're not always going to be successful at it or successful at it right away, but we can get there. Right. But when we start to recognize this world as a classroom, you're not going to beat yourself up as much. And, you know, like on Instagram, I will often see um, a picture of a woman who's got her head in her hands, you know, after she's just dropped her kids off at school. And she's really upset with herself because she lost her temper with her kids. And she's like, man, I tried and I just got the better of me. And now she just feels horrible after she's dropped them off. And, you know, and she shares this. And what I would say to that woman is just, look, don't be so hard on yourself. You made a mistake. The beautiful thing is that you're aware of it and yeah. that there's a better way and you're okay. You're still love. You're still love. We all make mistakes and we truly do. So you don't have to be so hard on yourself. That, that's definitely what I would say, um, you know, to anyone who's feeling super guilty about a mistake they made. Okay, so definitely that's one of the great things about the course is it's so gentle, it's so loving, it's so kind, just reminding us of the truth, right? Jesus says, you know, why delay your happiness? You know, ready when you are. <laughs> this all, the, the peace of God awaits you. It's all good, you'll get there, right? And so this is what time is for. This is what the classroom is for. And also what I like to point out is that experience is how you learn intellectually we can read things and we can understand them but there is a great amount um, of wisdom in experience something you know and then when we experience something like the effects the beautiful miracle the beautiful effects of true forgiveness that shows us that we can start to use the miracle in other areas of our life we're starting to experience right-mindedness and we can apply that to every single area of our life. So just keep in mind that if something does appear to happen, there is more to it. There's more purpose to it than what the ego would give it, where the ego would just really bring you down more into that ego identity of chaos and conflict and fear, um, where the Holy Spirit's going to help you come out of it and is going to remind you that you're powerful, you're the decision maker, this has shown up for your healing, and it holds no other purpose, right? When we experience something, and we can remind ourselves and go, this has shown up for my healing, and for no other reason. Don't give it any other purpose, because it doesn't have one. It has shown up for healing in the classroom, for your correction, and it's all good. And then the Holy Spirit takes over, and the healing occurs. Okay, so it's really nice when we start to reframe this world through the eyes of love. Yeah, a lot easier. Okay, so I also wanted to point out that um, there is sometimes some confusion about where our trials come from. And so I do like to point out that spirit is not responsible for our trials that's our unconscious guilt that is surfaced that has been projected out spirit's role is in helping us see it through the eyes of true perception right is to help us heal so i just want to 
make that clear because you know the last thing we want to do is kind of fall back into old thought patterns that god is responsible for this or that god is vengeful or that i'm being punished right like i don't know about you but like have you ever felt like you know you did something wrong like you made a mistake but then you feel like you're going to be punished right nothing out there yeah or or like you said if something shows up in your life it's also it's a lesson but sometimes these things that show up are showing up because of the unconscious guilt. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. And that, and that's your script. That's where it's coming from is, is coming from your unconscious and your choice, as we're taught so many times in the course, your choice, your power, your only power in this world is that of the decision maker where you get to decide to decide who you see that trial with. So spirit's not responsible for the things that appear to occur. That's our unconscious guilt being projected out. But spirit is there to help us undo our ego investment. And and what about like um like really, really bad memories of of yeah. bad, terrible experiences yeah. with perhaps loved ones yeah. in my case that I did it so wrong, you know, (laughs) but that, you know, I don't blame myself, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's really unpleasant Mm -hmm. to have it be with me for the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we're taught in Gary Renard's work that memories that pop up are worthy of forgiveness, just like anything else. Because when you think about it, even something that appeared to it just happened, that's still a memory, right? That's something that did that came from the past. So what you're really working with is memories, right? And so you are but like it still affects today. Yeah. Because exactly. like I'm estranged from my kids and I yeah. know rationally why. And um, yeah. but like it's and I can understand, you know, why. Yeah. Um, but like sometimes I wish. It wasn't part of my memory. Like, okay, you know, yeah. it's never going to go away because that, you know, biologically they're my children. Even though, like, well, I was watching Saint Francis of Assisi movie, Brother Sun Sister Moon, and when he renounces his father and he says, "What is of flesh is of the flesh. What is of the spirit of the spirit. I give you back your belongings. I give you back your name." Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, like. They're my kids that in this world, but really are they in spirit? Really they're one, you know, that, that helped me. Yeah, I bet. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, it just trust that the memories or the situations or the things that appear to happen throughout your day, if a memory pops up, it's just as worthy of forgiveness as anything else. Now, as you were saying, Elaine, you're experiencing the effects of that and estrangement, um, you know, and of course, biologically, you're related to your children, but it's always the mind that's healing. It's always the mind that can change. And so we want to, that's why we're not really being asked to turn to this physical world for the truth. We're being asked to turn within to our minds because it's our minds are changing our mind from the wrong mind to the right mind. 
that is going to bring about healing, however that might look. And so, you know, anything that pops into your awareness, a painful memory is just as worthy of forgiveness. And yeah, like, it's not necessarily true that if you forgive, you forget, because we can have a good memory and be like, yeah, that appeared to happen. But what you want to notice is, does it affect you? Are you still reacting? Are you still going, oh, yeah, I felt that one just like it happened way back when? That's where you can tell is your reactions, through your reactions. Yeah, I generally uh, accept it, uh, although there was some sadness uh, a week ago. I was enjoying the weather. I was sitting in my patio, and I was feeling really safe, and, yeah. and, and sadness started to arise. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, maybe it's because I'm feeling safe, but these feelings are surfacing and then I spoke with my therapist about them and you know I just thought well okay it's you know that it's like so that it's a sadness sometimes but it's not a it's not a guilt it's kind of just like oh that's this life and that's part of my journey in this life yeah yeah so I don't don't think I'm reacting like it you know I don't know Yeah. Well, if you're neutral about it, like an example would be like, if you're neutral about it, right? Like you're just like, yeah. So that, 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 um, little bit of sadness that appeared, that is an expression of unconscious guilt. And it's definitely worthy of forgiveness because at point, at a point we want to feel completely neutral about this world because it's only our unconscious guilt that is causing us to react fearfully, um, to anything. So, you know, if we are, even if it's a little wince of irritation that's still worthy of forgiveness right because you're not at peace you're not you're not perfectly at peace so being neutral would just be the same as saying i'm perfectly at peace right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but but i i absolutely hear you so yes memories everyone are just as worthy of true forgiveness than anything else right because even let's say if you left a toxic relationship you're going to have a lot of memories for a wee bit right you might be traumatized uh whatever that might be so you're going to be having a lot of memories to work with um and of course you know, you don't need to add on more pain to that by staying in the relationship or in the situation that's bugging you or whatever it might be. If you can take healthy space, that's a good thing. Um, And then you can just start to look at forgiving the memories that pop up because yeah, we all have a memory (laughs) and it gets used. (laughs) Yeah. So just as relevant because that's content that's being held in the mind and it is the mind that needs healed. Okay. Is that, is that helpful? Well, yeah, it is helpful. Sometimes I substitute the word forgiveness though. Okay. Uh, because sometimes um, I uh, feel like it's more appropriate to, to use the, uh, like forgiveness sometimes seems a little bit abstract. Yeah. Yeah. For that particular situation. So yeah. then I will say it, it is, um, Oh, I can't think of it right now, but I know sometimes I, I think there there should be other there's a there should be other ways of saying because forgiveness automatically says I'm guilty, therefore um, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, I know I'm not guilty for feeling sad, yeah. so therefore I say I'm loved mm-hmm. and um, I, I am in the thought of God. Mm-hmm. So I don't refer to it as forgiveness. In other yeah. words. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, true. 
Yeah, I hear you. And true forgiveness is a process. And, you know, we always want to distinguish between um, the ego's and the world's version of forgiveness, which is known, of course, as the forgiveness to destroy, because it just always holds someone in a place of guilt, whereas true forgiveness overlooks what appeared to never happen. Right. So that's um, and there's actually a great in the preface of the course. I encourage anyone to read that because it's just a great synopsis of entirely what the course is teaching, but that we're forgiving not to be good or charitable. We're forgiving because what we're seeing isn't true. So it's it's coming from a place of I'm willing to overlook this because it's not reality. It's not God's will. Yeah. So it, it's a totally different place. And, and, you know, it does take some time sometimes to get there, especially in certain situations, but um, you know, that's why it's, it's a practice, right. And in certain occasions we're able to practice it. Um, and other ones were like, Ooh, I have to get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, it, it's awesome. And sheer miracles when you apply true forgiveness, it, it's just so beautiful. The stories I have. <laughs> Um, and then also on page 67, I share a quote from the manual for teachers and it says, it takes great learning to understand that all things, events, encounters, and circumstances are helpful. So, you know, it's not saying that it's, you know, should be accepted right away or that this is easy to understand. It says it takes great learning to get to that point where everything that appears to happen is to be helpful. And that's because through the Holy Spirit's eyes, thing, everything is for healing. So that's why it's helpful. And, you know, as I've shared so many times that our experiences, um, when we find ourselves reacting with the ego, they can become our stepping stones to God. And in that regard, they hold such beautiful, great purpose. And they're not meant to weigh you down. And so the Holy Spirit just totally reframes our entire worldly experience here. Everything is reversed and we're empowered and we're told that we're innocent and that we can align with peace and how to get there. I mean, it's really beautiful. So, you know, it is nice to get to the point and go, okay, this is for this circumstance is for helpfulness. <laughs> I can get there. <laughs> All right. And so um, on page 68, I touch on the concept of time. And uh, one of the subscribers did ask that I elaborate more on the topic of time. So I do share on page 68, as your mind heals, time itself dissolves. This is one of the more radical teachings in the course, that time disappears once it has served its purpose of allowing a lesson to occur. Consciously, we experience time in a linear fashion, past, present, future, which Kenneth Wapnick compared to a red carpet being rolled out. As you learn a lesson, there is no need for you to play out that lesson again in the future. And so the amount of time that was allotted for that lesson in the future disappears. A part of that carpet of time disappears because you learned the lesson now. And I so, love how you explain that in the book because okay. that was the first time I heard that. I didn't re- I didn't understand it in the course, in the lessons, but mm-hmm. when you explained how time is 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 shortened, uh, and and I was it was very clear how you did it, and I thought, oh, this is 
This is incredible. Oh, nice. Thank you. And it's so cool. And like, even when you look at, um, you know, Gary Bernard, the title of his first book, right? The Disappearance of the Universe. And I'm sure many people are very curious about that title. You're like, disappear. And it's like, yeah, because that's what time does. That's what the universe will eventually do because it will have served its purpose as the classroom and time itself will just disappear. So um, yeah, just recognizing that in this present moment, if I forgive this lesson, then the time allotted for it in the future disappears and your carpet's going to get shorter. And that's how you become enlightened, right? Is that your carpet of time disappears. And so you've, you've done your part for healing the collective mind. You've done your role. So it's just, I hope that makes sense. It's, and I do recommend um, Kenneth Wapnick's book. It's called A Vast Illusion. Um, it's awesome. It's awesome for explaining the concept of time. And it, it's just, it's really interesting as well as helpful. So I do encourage people to um, give that one a read. But yeah, and I take a quote actually from a vast delusion. And it says, each day should be devoted to miracles. The purpose of time is to enable you to learn how to use time constructively. It is thus a teaching device and a means to an end. Time will cease when it is no longer useful in facilitating learning. Okay. So, yeah. I have another comment. I'm sorry if if I'm not supposed to. No, this is what book clubs for. Like I have a friend and he spends his time on his phone arguing on social media for Mm -hmm. like, and I'm like, why are you using your time for that? Yeah. And, and that people don't see how their time is just so precious to, of course, so many people just aren't interested in looking at how they use their time. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And I'm like, uh, you know, that's why I don't get it. Yeah. And that's where you, I mean, I think as you take on the spiritual path, you start to really develop that sense of purpose, that there really is something more that I can do with my time. And yes, you are absolutely just allowed to stop and enjoy and stop and smell the flowers and things like that. Absolutely. But yeah, when it's again, it's no different than reframing the purpose of this world as a classroom is that time itself um, is to be used for the purposes of true forgiveness. And it's even a great quote in one in I think in disappearance of the universe, where it said that the purpose of time is to forgive. That is the only viable answer to life. Act accordingly, child of God. And it is true that, you know, the more that we strengthen our our course path and, and hop on it is that we're going to start to really realize that. We're going to start to really recognize that. And true forgiveness is going to become something that we do instantaneously, right? And where it's just like right now, it might take a bit more work to apply true forgiveness. It might require making sure that you're happy or calm, but eventually it's going to get to the point where you're like, hey, I'm reacting. Boom. I switch on over to my right mind. I'm a, I'm accepting the atonement. So true forgiveness will ultimately become instantaneous for us all. So I think that's just something really cool for us all to look forward to. <laughs> All right. So I do, it goes into um, 
the, a mistake to be corrected. And I have already shared about the importance of um, seeing things as a mistake instead of a sin, um, especially when you're feeling really guilty. If you can kindly just and gently remind yourself you are innocent, you're noticing you're reacting, but maybe you can breathe in some innocence and start to let this go. Um, but there is a quote that I share on page 69 from the course from um, the text, chapter three, and it says, every system of thought must have a starting point. It begins with either a making, which is of the ego, or a creating, which is of spirit. So when you think about that, that every thought that you have, it does come from a starting point. Now, when you are experiencing, uh, like if an ego thought pops in, you have a choice of how to deal with it. You don't have to keep going with it. As I've shared before, you can start to let it pass by as like a cloud in the sky. But just recognizing that your thoughts are going to come from either ego or spirit. You know, there's no gray area. And as I've also shared before, you're taking ego thoughts seriously because you identify as the ego. Right? It's what you think you are. So that's okay. Not something to feel guilty about. Again, you just want to um, remind yourself of the truth, but just for us to be really aware that, you know, we have those ego thoughts, they're going to come up, but your choice is in how you deal with them. Okay. So then we move on into, oh yeah, sorry. Actually, this is a great thing that I would like to share. It's on page 70 and 71, where um, I talk about um, an episode of Oprah where a grieving mother was featured and this mother went to a prison to meet the man who shot and killed her son. And as I share, the woman looking for closure walked away with so much more. She ended up developing a loving mother-son relationship with this man who killed her child. And so what she recognized is that when she looked him in the eyes, she was starting to really tune into that the, how sad this man was, how much he was suffering. And he said, and she forgave him. And he said that when he connected with her and when she offered love, that he had, he realized he had never felt love before in his life. And so his yeah, lifetime says everything is either from a lack of love, right? Yeah. It always breaks down to a lack of love. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. And so when he realized, I mean, what a powerful realization for that man, where I mean, he had probably never felt safe, probably why he was walking around with a gun, and then so defensive to just shoot a guy who was just sitting in a car, you know, so he accepted her love. And this they now have they just do, um, you know, a mail exchange a letter exchange, and they continue this relationship. And that's the Holy Spirit at work. And I just thought when I heard that story, I just thought it was so powerful. You know, it's it's just where the things you'd never expect that could happen with the Holy Spirit can happen. And that woman didn't expect it. Right. And again, that's the Holy Spirit at work, you you won't really know what to expect in regard to healing when the Holy Spirit's involved. And that's where I just like to say, then just be open and let yourself be surprised by the beauty of the miracle, by the beauty of healing that's awaiting you. I mean, I don't know what you guys will experience. I don't know what I will experience, but I know when I'm welcoming healing, I'm going to see some pretty cool stuff. <laughs> I mean, I've already experienced that in my life. And I just thought that was a really powerful um, example, especially because the woman 
you know, just went in to, you know, face him. And then just something better took over. And that's the Holy Spirit at work. So anyways, just a great encouragement for us to be open. And then I continue on and I just say, and this is something I've mentioned in the book club already, where it's just how can I expect to have inner peace while I hold on to thoughts of guilt about myself and others? Right. That's something to really check in. Yeah. What kind of thoughts am I harboring? How can I expect to have inner peace if I'm going to hold on to this? And it doesn't mean you won't. And you might you might feel hurt for a while if something happens. And that's all good. That's what time, you know, is to allow you to get to that point where you're ready to forgive. But when you are ready, um, you know, especially, you know, when you've been practicing the course for a while, I think you can start to get to the point and go, all right. This, if this only holds the purpose of healing, then I want to make sure I commit to that. That's my choice. My inner peace relies upon it, upon me being willing to let this go. Okay. And so, I also think yeah. that, you know, just like the most important thing yeah. is my love for God. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, and whatever is shown up in my life it doesn't even matter mm -hmm. yeah. like spending Easter alone mm -hmm. it doesn't even matter yeah because as long as I'm feeling connected to source then I'm good yeah oh absolutely yeah absolutely your source loves you and for so, us to make time for that yeah and like I, I could be with a family maybe and feel lonely you yeah. know that is that that to me would be horrible yeah that's true that's a good point yeah yeah and you know we are taught in Gary Renard's work that um the closer we get to enlightenment is actually where we're going to start to enjoy more alone time <laughs> because we'll have because we'll actually have the time to connect with our source and that's what's really important to us so you know it is something that we can look forward to but of course it's something we can welcome now you know oh. to, yeah absolutely like I love to start the day putting the Holy Spirit in charge and then you know I take care of my pups and then by the time I finish my breakfast then I actually just take some purposeful quiet time and I connect with source you know and just say hello and feel the love and it's it's a really beautiful you know it actually really gets you in tune with your innocence it gets you in tune with that you're something more yeah, yeah, because it's beautiful to have that. I mean, that's what we're, you know, being taught in the course is that we're always connected to our source. It's just that little tiny part of our mind is that having this experience of separation. And, um, but yeah, of course, I mean, it just feels good to connect with source. And we're also taught in the course that, you know, that can be an instantaneous feeling that it's not necessary that we meditate for hours. We can connect no. with source right away. Um, and so of course that would be something beautiful to develop so you can rely on it more often, but that's yeah. What I'm work that's what I'm working on. Nice. To, you know, that instantaneous, like if I'm not connected, then okay, get connected. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, a wonderful use of time. <laughs> All right. And then um at the towards the end of page 71, I go into the section of connecting with the Holy Spirit. And as I share a course quote from uh, the text, chapter 27, and it says, The Holy Spirit speaks to you. Now, um, when I was a Catholic, <laughs> I was definitely taught that I needed a priest a male priest 
to act as a liaison for me um, to the Holy Spirit. And I think, again, another powerful and beautiful message from the Course is that the Holy Spirit speaks to me. I don't need a liaison, that the Holy Spirit is there. And so it's just it actually answered a lot of questions that I had when I was Catholic, where it's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling that connection. I'm not getting what I feel like I need, you know, from this. And so, you know, it's just to read that in the course to just, again, we're just being taught that we're so much more, just so much more than what we were, we thought we were. And of course, that's a bit of a mind bender, but wow, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Like, I don't need someone else to do it. That's fantastic. <laughs> and so I shared that to connect with the Holy Spirit, all that is required is that you step back from your thoughts about any difficult situation and ask for help. And that making that simple request says so much. It declares that you are done with conflict, if even for a moment. And that you're no longer willing to go it alone, right? So your belief in separation is your core mental issue. That is the major mental issue we're all dealing with. And so when we start to connect with something higher, we're that's being fixed. That's being remedied. And so just, you know, it's just a nice way to understand the importance of connecting with the Holy Spirit. And so I also share that if you want inner peace, then reaching out for help is exactly what you want to do. In the last book club meeting, I talked about how the ego mind is the mind of conflict. That's where problems are made. And so if I want inner peace, then of course, I have to step out of that mind and I have to turn to my right mind. And so, and we're also taught in um, the course that we need help getting out of here, right? We, we can't do it on our own. We can't. We need help. So ask, <laughs> ask. And I share, you need support in getting out of the ego's thought system, but the support you need does not come from someone or something outside, outside yourself. It comes from within. And there I share again, I encourage you not to get stuck on the idea that there is a me and a Holy Spirit. That implies separation. Dismiss the idea of a separate me and fully accept the idea that you are one with the Holy Spirit. For at no point does separation actually exist. It's a really beautiful thing to remember. And I, one of my, if you remember in the introduction, I was sharing that one of my key goals with this book was to help you understand that spirit is such a natural part of you. And so it is with this particular section that I really hope um, readers start to understand that spirit is such a natural part of you. Um, it's, it's just, it's who you are. <laughs> Okay. Um, and so I do share that personally, I've attributed or sorry, I've like described connecting with the Holy Spirit myself. I've described it as like a nice warm wind in summer, like just that perfect wind that surrounds you. And you just like feel like it's caressing you and that you're loved and you're safe. And it's like that perfect summer moment. That's how I liken the Holy Spirit, um, my connection when I feel connected to it. Um, and each of you might have a way that you know that 
you're connected to the Holy Spirit or you might have a feeling. Um, I would love to know if anyone ever wants to email me or share with me um, how you know you're connected with the Holy Spirit or what it reminds you of. I would love to hear that. I love hearing other people's experiences. Um, but the Holy Spirit is a messenger of peace. And so a lot of people, I get the question often, is they're like, well, how do I know the Holy Spirit's speaking to me? And it's, well, you know, because it's a message of peace. Okay, it, it makes you feel peaceful. And also there's, you can also feel enthusiasm. I've had that a few times, like if I had like a, a business idea, or, you know, something else, like another idea, that there's an immense amount of um, enthusiasm around it. Like there's nothing else I would rather do than what this idea is. <laughs> and it's so cool. And so I encourage you to kind of get in touch with um, how you feel when you know you've received an idea from the Holy Spirit. Um, because, you know, I, I really encourage you all to know that um, you are fully capable of hear, hearing the Holy Spirit. You are fully capable of turning to the Holy Spirit and you're fully capable of asking the Holy Spirit for help. You are worthy of receiving that guidance and having that connection. It, it's not going to come through anything else, but through your invitation. So you don't need anyone else. Let's just say it that way. You just need your decision. Um, but yeah, so it's just really um, important to get in tune with uh, how you feel when you're connected with the Holy Spirit. Um, and then I share on page 74, uh, just some ways that I've recognized how the Holy Spirit speaks to us in this physical world. Um, a stroke of inspiration, that would be the, the idea where there's a lot of enthusiasm. Um, a novel idea, maybe just like, yeah, that just makes perfect sense. <laughs> Um, your intuition, that it's the number one way the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you is through your intuition, that nudge, right? So start to tune in to your intuition. I strongly encourage that. Um, also messages in dreams. You, If you know my work, you know I love my dreams. <laughs> um, so that works for me. And, you know, I have heard some people go, well, I don't remember my dreams, I encourage you to declare that you start declaring that you want to remember your dreams because I've seen some people have great success in just going tonight, I'm going to remember my dreams and they'll wake up and they'll start to remember. And then they start to really have these really cool memories and experiences when they start to remember their dreams. So um, yeah, don't think you can't because you can remember them. And another way that the Holy Spirit um, can speak to us in this world is a song, a sign, or a message from someone that strikes a chord within you. So like when someone says something and you really resonate with it, that's the Holy Spirit. And, you know, there's been twice um, in the past few years where I've driven by a sign on the side of the road and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> it just really caught my attention and it really lit me up. I'm like the Holy Spirit. That was definitely the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it is interesting, you know, when I talk about like forgiveness of the memories, they also, you can forgive dreams. Dreams are um, a safer way of experiencing the content of the ego mind. And so, you know, definitely throughout um, my experience with Meniere's disease and PTSD, the dreams, the intense dreams that I've had, 
um, you definitely, definitely want to make sure that you forgive your dreams because that's just ego content showing up. And so we're taught in the course that we have the level of the waking dream, which is what we're having right now. And then there's the level of the sleeping dream, but it's all the same ego content. And the Holy Spirit is going to let you experience some of that in a very safe way through your sleeping dreams. So definitely, I always encourage people to use your dreams for forgiveness as well, because it's just ego content. It's just, you know, and then sometimes you will get inspired, beautiful messages as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And then actually, I didn't write it in the book. Um, but one of the my favorite ways of um, receiving messages from Holy Spirit or manifestations of the Holy Spirit is through angel numbers. Um, repetitive numbers that show up for me, they tend to show up on license plates and in dreams. Um, so I, I have like a little angel number book that I carry around with me in my purse, but that has been a real source of support for me. So if that is speaks to you, then that's great. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's all, again, all very personal. The Holy Spirit can use anything in this world to speak to us through, for sure. So it's, but I think that's so cool. So again, just one more way to be open um, and just invite that guidance into your life. And um, there is um, a quote that I love from chapter 27 of the course that I put at the end of that section. And it says, in quietness are all things answered and is every problem quietly resolved? In conflict, there can be no answer and no resolution, for its purpose is to make no resolution possible and to ensure no answer will be plain. So we want to remember that if we do want that support from the Holy Spirit, a quiet mind is very, very helpful. Something to just kind of think about if you need that support and that guidance, then, you know, start to quiet your mind a little more often and keep your mind open. Okay, awesome. So we're on board with how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And, and that is, again, very natural. And then um, in this section, the section that continues is about allowing the miracle. So, you know, it is, um, a lot of people can get discouraged where they're like, you know, Fiona, I've turned to my right mind. I've asked the Holy Spirit. Nothing is happening. Um, and you can get discouraged. And, and I do understand that. But you want to respect that when you use true forgiveness, you want to make sure you use it with sincerity, which is an essential ingredient for true forgiveness, is that I'm going to sit and take a moment and commit to this process. And when that happens, then you've made such a beautiful invitation to the Holy Spirit. And we're taught in the course that the Holy Spirit will respond to any slightest invitation. So what happens when we feel like we don't get an answer or we don't see healing um, is two things can potentially be happening. And one we've already talked about before in the book club is that the Holy Spirit is healing things in all dimensions of time. And so you may not really recognize it in this particular dimension of time, but it doesn't mean it's not being healed in another dimension of time. And of course, because we're only using this little bit of our minds, we're only aware of so much. You just want to kind of be open to that idea that, okay, when I apply true forgiveness with sincerity, I trust that a part of my unconscious mind is healing. 
And I may not always be fully aware of it, but that's okay. And the more you commit to true forgiveness, especially on something that is really nagging, it seems to be ongoing, what you will start to experience is just that you find yourself less reactive. You're finding yourself more peaceful about the situation. And that is a sure sign that healing is occurring. So I do respect that you may not always be aware, um, but do trust if you are sincerely applying true forgiveness and don't overthink it. All I mean by sincerity is just to go, look, I just can't do this ego stuff anymore. I am sitting down and I am taking some time and I am doing that page 90 exercise, which is at the end of chapter five, where it says, you know, where it just guides us through true forgiveness process, right? And so we're recognizing that we made the mistake ourselves and we're inviting the Holy Spirit to undo it. And then we're choosing, having the Holy Spirit choose for our source, which is the atonement. And so, you know, we just really want to remember that we don't have to overthink this stuff, but it is important that we are committed and sincere. That's where you're really going to start to see the needle move a bit for you. Um, and then another reason why you may not recognize the miracle is because you've kind of interjected in a way by um, maybe dictating how healing should occur, when it should occur, you know, who should be involved, <laughs> right? Yeah. And like, I, I went through um, a family thing a few years ago, my husband's ex-wife was quite upset with me. And, um, you know, she misunderstood something. And some people have heard this story. But either way, it had happened at Christmas. And over the months, my parents were like, Fiona, fix it. And I'm like, I'm doing everything I can. And in the sense, I had written her an email that was very black and white, just under, like, so she could understand where I was coming from and what I meant, because she clearly misunderstood what I said. And then I, and it was very peaceful, you know, and and then also I was sure to, of course, apply true forgiveness because I was, of course, getting triggered by it, <laughs> you know, the memory of what appeared to happen. And so I applied true forgiveness whenever I got upset about it. And I was really, really sure to, in my quieter moments, see the truth in her. Something I really like to do before I go to sleep is to really see the innocence in others. Um, you know, it's just a nice way to go to sleep because, you know, during the day we can be really judgy. Um, so it's a nice break. <laughs> and so I was really vigilant to do that about her. And when my parents were like, Fiona, fix it, come on, do better or whatever. I just said, look, I've done everything that I can. And she's not ready to speak to me. If I was to approach her right now, I, I just don't get the idea that she would be receptive to me. Right. And so it actually took until May <laughs> when my brother-in-law stepped in and he just said to her, he said, fix this. And she emailed me and said, okay, it's time that we clear this up. And so I got the message that she was receptive to speaking to me now. She wasn't as angry and she could, would actually be open to good communication. So we met at a pub and we had a drink and we talked it out. Easy peasy. And everything was perfectly fine after that. So, you know, we do want to trust <laughs> that timing is everything. You know, we don't want to push people's buttons, but we can still do our work in the meantime. The important thing was that I was choosing for peace, you know, and, and I wasn't um, aggravating her. I wasn't antagonizing her, or poking her and saying, come on, speak to me. <laughs> so you had an angel, your brother-in-law, yeah, an angel to intervene. 
yeah, it was very kind of him. So, you know, and, and he's definitely that kind of person in my life. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's just something I would share is, um, you know, you just don't want to get in the way of the miracle. Once you've asked, once you've invited it, you've welcomed it, just do your part to stay in alignment with it and just let it flow. Let it flow right? Your, your job is just to make sure you're not projecting or, um, you know, feeding into the ego's agenda. Yeah, so I, I hope that's helpful. <laughs> um, and then of course, we also have um, at the age of end of page 76, I do share the um, helper's prayer from the course, um, chapter two of the course. And it says, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent him who sent me I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. Okay? I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. So it is such a beautiful prayer. I have it framed in my living room. I look at it every morning and you know I actually feel compelled to say it um, at times. So, you know, that's just a really great way to invite the Holy Spirit um, into your life. Uh, another way would just be to start the day by putting the Holy Spirit in charge. Um, and then, you know, as you go about your day to just connect with the Holy Spirit is, you know, you just want to do that when you feel like you need some help, you need some support, right? You don't have to ask the Holy Spirit for guidance with everything, especially if something's simple, like you're choosing your outfit, you like choosing your outfits, it's not a big deal, you don't need a problem there, or help there, then you're all good, right? But in other ways, if you do need support, you're invited to ask. Again, you don't want to go it alone, because that reinforces separation in your mind. And that's the issue that we want to correct. <laughs> all right. And then um, on page 77, and this is at the end of this chapter. So we'll just wrap it up with this section. And so page 77, the correction. And I share a course quote, which is also from chapter two. Chapter two is a really good chapter in the text of the course. There's a lot of info there. Um, anyways, and it says only right-mindedness can correct in a way that has any real effect, which I just think is a really powerful statement. If a right-mindedness is the only way that correction can happen and it's going to have any real effect, then that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. So I do share about the atonement. And of course, we know now that the atonement is the idea that the separation from God never occurred. You can sum it up with the two beautiful words, God is, right? Um, and that's putting God's will above the ego's will, right? So when we choose for the ego, we're choosing our own individual and conflicted will. And of course, we're going to experience the effects of that. Um, and so when we apply the atonement, we're putting God's will back in its rightful place, right? So I choose God's will. God's will for me is perfect happiness. God wills for me to recognize that I'm one with it, right? So um, the atonement is at the source, is the is the source of right-mindedness. It, it's God's answer, right? And so when we talk about the right-minded principles, non-judgment, true forgiveness, of course, the holy instant, the holy instant is the moment you choose for the Holy Spirit over the ego. That's the holy instant, 
That's how, that's how powerful that decision is, is that it's called the holy instant. I mean, how incredible. Um, true perception, right? That's how the Holy Spirit sees. And true denial. True denial says that nothing that is of that is not of God can affect me. So the ego can't affect me. That's what true denial is. So only what is of God can affect me. And that's a really, really powerful statement to remind yourself of is that only what is of God can affect me. That's very powerful because lately, especially I've been feeling easily affected by everything, like as if I always am an open person and I always wear my heart on my sleeve, mm -hmm. but it's, it's like, but I found that, yeah, I'm, I'm noticing that, yeah, I've got to say that more often yeah. because I, I'm feeling vulnerable. Yeah. Force yeah. says we are invulnerable. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, something's a little off because I am feeling quite vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's okay, right? You're noticing a moment in time where you're feeling a little more vulnerable. That's okay. That's your cue. That's your cue to apply true forgiveness. Um, and, and it is really empowering, right? Because, you know, the intensity of anger or sadness or grief or, you know, feeling intimidated or threatened or whatever it might be, those can be really intense. And when you start to remind yourself that only what is of God can affect me, that is really, really powerful. It, it just, it uses the power the right way, <laughs> right? Because I, I like to say that um, our minds are powerful. And when you are experiencing fear, you've just misdirected your mind towards ego and you just need to bring it back bring it back to the Holy Spirit, your right mind, and then remembering that you're one with your source. And your source is so powerful. And remember that the ego is what's vulnerable. And I have a, a, a the flip side of that, though, I decided to watch Brother Sun, Sister Moon. Oh, yeah. And it was such a beautiful experience. Yeah, that the tears of joy, because I, I knew I was vulnerable, feeling vulnerable. Yeah. I said, well, then I'm going to watch something that's, I'm going to take advantage of this vulnerable state. Yeah. And watch something beautiful. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And it, beautiful. and it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Very, very nice. <laughs> So yeah, like at the at the at the center of all the right-minded principles is the atonement, right? So I'm not judging, I'm practicing non-judgment because only what is of God is true. I'm applying true forgiveness because only what is of God is true. I'm choosing for the holy instant because only what is of God is true. And on and on and on. So just remembering that that atonement is the core and right-mindedness just spreads out all around it. Now this on page 78, my favorite course lesson, number 107, truth will correct all errors in my mind. And it's simple, but it's powerful. And when I think of that, I think of those words as just a blanket of love through my mind or a blanket of healing the truth will correct all errors in my mind and of course that truth is the atonement and so if the truth will correct all errors in my mind here i go i am going to apply that absolutely it's so powerful and i think it's really um, an excellent one to practice okay so 
I also like to share that when you apply the atonement, you're making friends with God again, right? So remember when I talked about the ego's laws of chaos a few book club meetings ago, is that it's important for us to start to trust our source and start to essentially have our source redefined, right? And of course, I'm going to be getting more into this when we go into the next chapter, which is about the one mind, but just opening our minds up to the idea that our source is something loving and benign and just practicing that idea, just practicing it gently, just being open to it, just being open to our source, being like, you're my friend, you're my source, you're my everything, you're my creator. Yeah, so just a, a nice thing to remember. And then, of course, on page 79 of the of my book, I share a course quote from the text from chapter 25, and it simply says, corrected error is the error's end. I mean, again, how powerful is that? I hope these are all as powerful for you as they are for me. That's why I read the course, because it's yeah. like, how can I read more than a paragraph when this one paragraph was yeah. so powerful? exactly exactly so corrected error is the error's end amen <laughs> so again of course i'm gonna commit to right-mindedness it's how the error that is aggravating me right now it's how that is corrected so like wow that just makes a whole lot of sense <laughs> i really really love it so um, I just end that sec that chapter, pardon me, on page 80 with a really beautiful quote from the course from lesson 158. And it says, Christ's vision has one law. It does not look upon a body and mistake it for the son, the son whom God created. It beholds a light beyond the body, an idea beyond what can be touched, a purity undimmed by errors pitiful mistakes, and fearful thoughts of guilt from dreams of sin. It sees no separation, and it looks on everyone, on every circumstance, all happenings and all events, without the slightest fading of the light it sees. So what that's calling to our mind is, again, that perception. Our perceptions are a filter. And when we, when our mind is being healed and it's we're starting to use the Holy Spirit's true perception, that is going to go across everything, right? And so when we remember one um, with the course um, lessons, it's in the, I believe in the introduction where it says, you know, don't do um, more than one course lesson a day, of course, you don't need to believe leave all of these ideas you're just asked to apply them but also you're asked in the course lessons not to leave anything or anyone out of the lesson that you're applying include everything and it is because it's not your problem's not that particular thing or person your problem is your perception is sick so when we have our perceptions healed by the holy spirit our filter is going to be changed to true perception and everything is going to be included in that light of child of God. So I hope that makes sense is that everything is going to be seen as love. 
and nothing is going to be left out. And so with this work, just like with the course lessons, we're being asked not to leave anything out when we apply right-mindedness, okay? Because remember, the ego is vulnerable and the Holy Spirit can heal anything. That is the miracle. Remember, there's no order of difficulties in miracles. So if something seems to be really testing you, if you feel really tired and down, just I hope that gives you some light to just go, it is my perception of this that can be healed. I'm letting a new perception come to me through right-mindedness. And if I just stay vigilant, this bit of time that I'm using this for, for this lesson to be healed, will be collapsed in the future. And I'm doing the right thing because this is the purpose of time is to heal, is to forgive. So I hope that wraps up really just everything that we talked about today. <laughs> yeah. You say that the error is corrected forever. Yeah. We, we do not know what that error is, you know, obviously. Yeah. But well, there, are, there are many little errors that need correction. Right? No, it's um the error is thinking that you separated from your source. That's the tiny that's mad the idea. Yeah, so that's the tiny mad idea that we think happened. That's the error. And that error is expressed in this world in a multitude of different ways. The yeah. correct error is the error's end. And, yeah. and yeah. but uh, the error's end, but we I mean, we keep thinking that we made uh we killed God. So it's not going to stop that guilt. Yeah, it, it, it well, so what it means by corrected errors, the errors. And so if we look at this in a more practical daily life way, um, let's say there's a neighbor you don't get along with, right? That is one way that the separation is showing up in your life. It's also showing up in other ways, right? Right. Yeah. Right. But if we look at, so, but your commitment to using true forgiveness on how you see that neighbor as an example and then ultimately it heals, whether yeah. through an expression of love, you just feel totally neutral about them, you forget yeah. about anything that ever happened, that's healed. That corrected error is that error's end. So you're not going to have a continued antagonistic perception of that person. That no, is so we're not talking about the big error is corrected. Ultimately, yes. Ultimately, through each and every expression of the error, which you're dealing with, Ultimately, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, yes. Yeah, yeah. But each correction and each time that error is nibbled away at, big mm -hmm. error, yeah. that's what's happening. It's being nibbled away at, kind it's of. One way to see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so that's why it's so important, right? That each and every one of us focus on healing right? Is because we want that one error, which shows up as many errors, we want it to heal. And so we're just working with how that error is being expressed in our script. And, and that's going to show up in, in many ways. As I say, that big, big error, we're probably going to chop away at, chip away at it a lot. But correcting it is thinking we may correct it is reaching kind of high but we want to reach for that 
Yeah, you absolutely. But do like do remember that there are and as we're probably we're going to be talking about this more in um, next Sunday mm -hmm. in the next chapter, but that enlightenment is is natural for you for me for everyone so it's not some fantastical far away goal uh, per se because each and every single one of us is fully capable and ultimately does get there so we're given like a huge boost of confidence by going you are worthy of enlightenment enlightenment is natural for you and you can do it so yeah ultimately absolutely and that can happen this life can happen maybe in the next physical expression of of the body that you have either way if you're a course student you're probably pretty close yeah <laughs> and, and maybe sometime you could talk about the dark night of the soul because i've been on some youtube things where they've had the revelation experience and it yeah. drove them almost drove them insane oh wow and, and you know and then they talk about they were totally uh you know and then some of them there's a monday night with monday it's a monday every monday thing it okay. has monday in the title i don't know if you're familiar with the couple that do it they're, yep. they're amazing yep are you i'm familiar with it but i've never participated yeah okay well they have a very good group and the, both of them had revel revelatory experiences oh, wow. and they're very supportive to people who may have one or have had one because uh they talk about how the ego continues to attack them mm. um at sometimes bodily pain and mm. it sounds like you don't want to have a revelatory <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough fair enough and and my own mother had revelation she had revelation when i was a little girl yeah oh. yeah when when she went to see jesus christ superstar at um in um a live production of it here she so i can i'll definitely i'm going to make note of it and i'm going to share it in uh in next sunday but yeah she had revelation and you know since then you know her life hasn't been a rosy path by any stretch of the mean uh, by any stretch of the imagination but she also then had another very profound experience when she read eckhart tolle's book the power of now and so for a while there she it wasn't revelation again but it was something very close to it and she felt like right back on track so that was really supportive for her yeah so but yeah i can definitely talk more about it for sure <laughs> i've never had revelation though and i i definitely welcome that if anyone has we'd love to know <laughs> it, and that seems to they also call it the dark night of the soul mm -hmm. carl young called it the dark night of the soul oh, yeah. yeah and and so um yeah so i i find that to be an interesting topic maybe in yeah. your next you can talk yeah. about that well it, it'll make sense perfectly with the next the next chapter because we're getting into uh the one mind and enlightenment yeah oh, okay awesome Great. suggestion thank you <laughs> okay well i'm very happy easter okay happy easter love you love you too <laughs>